I am very disciplined. My parents have always raised me, you know, like if you're, if you're gonna put your word out there and say you're gonna do something, you gotta do it. And I feel like because this is my company, like my word is out there and everything is on me. And I think that I have always taken that super personally. Like this brand is Annabelle Johnson's brand. So if something goes wrong or if something's not shipped out, like that's a reflection of me as a person. And I think you have to be so disciplined to know that you really have to work hard at it. Welcome to Raw and Real. I'm Megan Casey Loftus. And I'm Samantha Jenkins. Working in the fashion industry can often seem materialistic and shallow. On Raw and Real, we shut down those stereotypes and dive into the discussion surrounding job opportunities, both creative and business within the fashion world. There are so many unknown aspects to the fashion industry and the entrepreneurial world that we will uncover through interviewing fashion industry leaders serial entrepreneurs and girls just like us. Today's episode, we talk with Annabelle Johnson. Annabelle is the founder and owner of Shop Homework. Shop Homework is an online curated and cohesive boutique for both your home and wardrobe. In today's conversation, we cover starting your own business from scratch, size inclusivity in fashion, productivity, chasing the it girl versus being the it girl, and so much more. I hope you love this episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for more. We have Annabelle Johnson on with us from Shop Homework, and Samantha introduced me to Annabelle because they are both in North Carolina these days. Yes, and so- I, I met Annabelle through one of my coworkers, Caroline Beeson, um, you came into our studio one day, our office, and anyways, we'll get into what she does a little later, but I instantly was like, oh my God, this girl is so cool. I need to ask her to come on our podcast. So I literally had the exact same thoughts. I remember leaving and getting right into my car and I texted Caroline right away and I was like, why is everyone in your office so cute? They were all so chatty. I was like, I want to be friends with all of them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I love I love my coworkers. But let's start back to where you went to college. What did you study? All of that. I am 23 right now. So I graduated a few years ago. I started off going to Auburn. I thought that I just like I grew up in Charlotte. So I thought immediately I was like, I want to get out of here. I want to go to this huge school and like meet all new people. And so I went to Auburn and it was like six hours from home. And I was like, oh, this is great. I lasted about a year there. I ended up hating it. I hated the huge school, hated like the big football SEC kind of thing where there was nothing to do when it wasn't football season. I just felt so bored and like I'm not into football. I'm not a big sports girl. So that was just not for me. So after my freshman year, I transferred to College of Charleston, fell in love with it, loved living like right downtown in the city, worked in retail down there and just was so obsessed with living by the beach. So I finished my last two and a half years there and I graduated early. So I graduated in December of 2018. Oh, wow. wow. And did you start working at Vestique in Charleston? Yes. So Vestique is a retail company. They're based in Charlotte. They've got 10 locations between North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. And they're just like a retail store with a huge um, e-commerce presence as well. So I started working there my I think it was my junior year of college and I just was working in the store. I just was a retail employee, loved it, loved the girls I worked with and had so much fun. And I worked, 
I would probably say maybe like four days a week whenever I was a full-time student. So I was working there quite a bit. Annabelle, what did you study at school? When I was at College of Charleston, I studied marketing and that's what I got my degree in. Okay. Did you know that you wanted to do something down the retail path or was that totally... It was kind of... I would say, honestly, I think that I really got a marketing degree for my dad. He just wanted me to have like a good degree where I could kind of get a job in anything that I wanted to. Personally, I always want to wanted to do something in fashion. But I think that for my dad's sake, I wanted to just get a degree where maybe if I changed my mind down the line, it didn't necessarily have to be in fashion. So I thought that marketing would be a really great place to start. Most retail jobs love marketing experience anyway. So I have worked in retail since I was 16. Since I was in high school, I've worked in retail. So I just kind of kept that up throughout college working there, kind of just for like side cash whenever I was in college Um, and then finished out my marketing degree. And whenever I graduated, I ended up going full time with Vestique at their headquarters in Charlotte. And for people that are interested in working in retail, because some people, their whole career is in retail, which is awesome. Like, what was the what was your favorite part about working um, retail and in a brick and mortar store as compared to being, you know, maybe an e-commerce brand? So I've actually gotten the privilege to work on both sides, even just with Vestique, which I really loved. I got to work in the store whenever I was just a sales associate, and then I got to work doing some of their social media and creative assistant stuff on the back end of it at their headquarters whenever I graduated. Personally, I loved being in the store. I know that it's kind of like 50-50 on whether people love it or hate it. I know that people can get burnout really easy too, but I loved the connections that you made and the people that I worked with. Like I always had so much fun whenever I would go into the store. I was like always working with my best friends And people just get to know you and being able to help them pick out outfits and style them. And they'll come in and just kind of chat with you about their daily life. And it doesn't really feel like a customer. It feels more like a friend. And I think that that was my favorite part about working in brick and mortar. I get that. I like love being in the store and like working retail. I just think it's fun to talk to people and meet new people. I agree. And it gives you such like an instant gratification that maybe something like coming through on your, through your email or online purchases don't. I don't know. I like getting to see like how they look in it and it just comes back a different way, I think, full circle when you work e-commerce only. Yeah. I, I know I worked at I worked at Madewell in New York for a very short amount of time, but I remember it was just so fun like how many people you meet in one day is crazy. <laughs> it's amazing like how you can make someone's day literally just by finding helping them find a pair of pants that fit them well. It was definitely like my favorite part and I know we used to have people that would come in and be like, oh, hey, girl, like thought of you this weekend or like you guys end up following each other on social media and you end up kind of developing relationships outside of the store, which I really loved. And I used to bring my dog to work with me. And so did this other girl who was like one of my best friends at the time. So we both had our dogs in the store with us, which was awesome. And so we would actually have customers who would come and like bring toys or treats for the dogs just because they knew that they were in there all the time. And I would immediately just like, it would put a smile on my face right away because I'm like, people come back literally for my dog. Like that is when you knew that the connection that you made with them and the experience that they had in the store really would bring them back. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you're working retail throughout college. You're getting your marketing degree. At what point, senior year spring, did you realize maybe you wanted to do something off on your own versus a typical nine to five desk job? So I, since I was young, I feel like I've told my parents and my dad, especially my dad owns his own business. And so I think growing up, I just always knew one day I would want to own my own business. I didn't necessarily know exactly what that meant. But as I got older and I was working in retail all the time, I was like, wow, down the line, I would love to have something to call my own. I've like seen the ins and outs of it. And definitely by no means do I know everything about working in retail, but getting to see so many parts of it, I loved it. And I was like, I would love to have something that is just a total curation of who I am and the style and aesthetic that I love as opposed to someone else's. I think especially working in retail, sometimes it's hard to get like fully passionate or fully behind something that's not necessarily like your exact style or your exact aesthetic because you're like, it just doesn't feel like me and it's hard to put like 100% of yourself behind it. So when I was growing up, I was like, wow, one day I would love to have something of my own. My senior year, I was like, no, I'm just gonna get a job right out of college. You know, I'm graduating early, I need to get the job. It's like every senior year going into your second semester, you're like, you got to get a job whenever you graduate. That's like the one thing you look forward to and your parents look forward to you and everyone asks you like mm-hmm. pull up to Thanksgiving and people are like, hey, so where are you working next year? And you're like, oh, this question again. It's like the boyfriend question. Like, are you dating the same person? Yes. It's like the best and the worst kind of thing. And you always hope you have an answer for it. And so even when I graduated, I was like, oh, I'm just going to get a job. That's it. I didn't even really think and it didn't cross my mind that I wanted to start something of my own. And then graduated, got a job with Vestique, worked full-time for them for about like a year and a half, almost two years. And it was like right in the middle of COVID. And I had been talking to my friends here and there and just kind of bouncing ideas off. We would like go on a long walk and be like like, dreaming of what you wanted to do one day. And I'd be like, man, you know, one day, like I would love to have something of my own, something that's super different, not like every retail store that's around Charlotte. And I would like bounce ideas off all my friends and they would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like one day. And then one day became like October and I was like, I'm just going to do it. You know, I feel like I'm young and I know what I want to do and I'm really passionate about it. And, you know, everyone, when COVID started and they were quarantined at home, you saw this crazy surge in people starting their own businesses and quitting their jobs and going after what they really believed in. And I think that I saw it all over Instagram and even like the news was highlighting people and TikTok and all of these social media streams. People were like, yeah, I quit my job. I went for it full force and I never looked back. And I think I was super inspired by that. And I was like, if these like 18 year olds on TikTok can do it, I'm sure I can figure it out. Right. Like there's Google. I'm sure I can figure something out. And so I was coming up onto my 23rd birthday in September and I was like, now's the time. I'm just going to pull the trigger. I'm going to start really working on it. And I'd had all these ideas bouncing around and I finally sat down, made a mood board and just kind of figured out what I wanted it to be. And once I solidified what I wanted it to be, I went full force on it. I quit my job. I filed for all of my business license and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm going to jump full force, both feet in and just go for it. Mm-hmm. And so that's so awesome. Yeah. And it's like, it's crazy. Cause you know, when we were talking about this at coffee the other day, I feel like now is the time, or at least when we're younger and we're not married, we don't have kids. Like now's the time to really, to go after that. 
because, you know, there will be failure along the way, no matter what you do, but it's those failures that help you succeed even more. And I feel like now is the time when we're young that we can fail, We, you know, and it's like, it won't be as big of a price as later on when we like have kids to feed and all that stuff. So 1000%. it's like, I think that's awesome that you just like went for it. Can you talk about your online boutique just for anyone who has not seen it yet or heard about it? Absolutely. So I really wanted to have something that was different. I didn't just want it to be closed. I didn't want it to just be like one niche market. So I created homework. It's called a lifestyle assignment. I really wanted to have an overall brand aesthetic that created something for yourself and something for your home. So between clothing, accessories, everything for the average girl, I also have stuff for your home because I feel like a lot of girls our age and older are like graduating, getting their first place, redoing their wardrobe. And I feel like everyone goes through that weird stage where you're like, I just want to overhaul everything that I have. And I feel like I went into that phase whenever I graduated college. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm a big girl now. I'm 21 years old. Like, I just want to have a new wardrobe, a new house, and new decor. And so I really created it for girls that were our age or right above our age who wanted to have that overhaul for an entire new lifestyle assignment and have decor pieces for your house and clothing pieces for your home. I think it's cool that it is like it goes both ways. And I literally want everything for my home that you sell online, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I just need to pull the trigger and like go on and get everything. But so can you walk us kind of through the process of like launching an online shop slash boutique? I feel like yeah, that absolutely. is a lot in itself and you did it all alone, correct? Or did you have help along the way? I did. So I did have help from my brother. I have a younger brother who is way smarter than I would ever be. He helps me a lot with more of my financial stuff. I'm very strong on the creative side and not so strong on like the financial and behind the scenes kind of side. So from the beginning, it's a lot of like paperwork and registering and all that kind of stuff online, which was definitely not my strong suit. So I went, so we actually started this process maybe in like August ish. And then we ended up launching in October. So we like flew through stuff. Um, So you go online and you go to register your business, you get a resale certification, EIN, all these things that you have to register through your state, which will be able to help you get wholesale products and that kind of stuff online. Um, And so that is like the main place to start. And I feel like everyone gets caught up, which I did too in, oh, well, I can do all that kind of stuff, but I just don't have a name for it. Like, I don't know what I want to call it and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like for so long, I sat there and I was like, hmm, but like, what would I call it? Like, I don't know what would fit. Is it different enough? Is it cool enough? Does it resemble the brand enough? And so I was stuck on that for the longest time trying to figure out like just what to name it. And once we came up with the name, then the ball just gets rolling immediately. And it's so easy to figure everything out. And I'm definitely not going to sit here and say that I'm like an expert by any means. And I will tell you if I have learned one thing, Google. Google has the answer to everything. I'm not like I could text my dad or my friends or anyone every day, but they might not even know the answers. But someone else has failed before me and figured out the answer to it and put it on Google. And that's how I figured out. I swear one day it's going to cost money to to like use Google. I I really do think so, because literally it's like anything you want access to nowadays. It's like on the Internet. It's crazy. Which makes it so nice, though. So, Annabelle, when you were starting to talk about this, you mentioned, like, pitching the idea to some of your friends. Is the target market for your online boutique, like, 20 young 20-year-olds, is your thought? 
I feel like my main goal is probably like 20 to 30 year olds. I think people getting right out of college, getting right out of grad school that are really looking for that like elevated wardrobe and home decor piece that they want to know is a staple that they can take from their starter home to their next home or a piece Mm -hmm. that they can wear from spring to summer. I really wanted it to be affordable pieces for people that are right out of college that maybe don't have a bunch of money to be spending on like all these crazy decor items. I mean, you can see home decor vases that go for like $120 and they might be your exact aesthetic. But when you're our age, I mean, you're spending your money on like drinks and fun, trendy pieces to go out. You're not really looking Mm -hmm. for like $120 vase. But when you're also our age in the time of COVID, you're at home all the time. We're on Zoom meetings. You're having people over as opposed to going out to the bars. So you want your house to really resemble you and look cute. You don't really want it to just be like a blank space, especially myself. I love decorating and finding new pieces. And I love the feeling that I get when people come over and they're like, wow, your house looks so cute. It looks just like you. And some people are like, what do you mean it looks just like you? But you really want your house to resemble who you are and your style and your brand as a person. And I think that's super important. So I think that people who are 20 to 30 getting their first apartment, their first house, their first townhouse, that really want it to be something of their own and resemble them would be my main market. I love that. And so you've worked now a nine to five job and now you're working Mm -hmm. for yourself and are self-employed. So what is the biggest difference, would you say? And like what? are perks of both, but, you know, and also like cons of both? Man, that is such a hard question. I honestly didn't hate having a nine to five. I really do love a structured routine, which I feel like a nine to five gives you. I feel like you wake up, you know, you have your coffee, you work out, you go to work, and that's like your set time to work. And I feel like for some people, it really helps with productivity. It makes you get your work done. That's what you do from nine to five. So I did love that. But now I do have way more flexibility, which I love, but also I am kind of working. I don't want to say around the clock because I really don't feel like I'm working around the clock, but I have the flexibility to kind of pick and choose what hours I want to work. I do try and work for the most part like a nine to five because my friends mostly work nine to five. So I want to have that same kind of schedule and maintain that same kind of productivity levels that I did Mm -hmm. have But I used to get so stuck in like, I'm forced to be sitting at a desk staring at my computer screen or like a blank wall for eight hours a day. And for me, that killed my creative brain, it killed my productivity levels, I would sit there and just feel like so down and so drained. And so now I love the fact that If I get home from a workout class at 7am, let's just say I could start working for a few hours at seven, get a bunch done go for a walk at noon with one of my friends who's maybe like working from home and is on a lunch break. I have the flexibility to like get outside and recharge and restart my day, which I personally love. I love having the flexibility to be like, you know what, I need to go sit outside on my porch for five minutes and just regain my thoughts. And I'm not forced to sit at a desk, which I personally love. And I think anyone who's a creative feels the same way. I think it's really hard to sit and just like stare at a screen all day because all your brain wants to do is be like, Hmm, so the sun's shining outside and this is happening and this is what it looks like. Like, let's just go bounce some ideas off of other people or other things. And I get really inspired and motivated when I'm talking to my friends or like I was able to come and just grab a coffee with you in the middle of the day. I get so inspired when I just am able to like change up my scenery, 
rearrange my day and then keep going. And some days that means I only work until 2 p.m. and then I'm done for the day and I have something else to do with some of my friends. And some days that means I work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. But I love the flexibility that it gives me to where if I want to work, I work really, really hard and I bust my butt. But also if something comes up, I'm not so hard on myself like, hey, can't talk to you until 5.15. Yeah. Like right. the workday just kind of is so flexible, which is definitely my favorite part about it. I'm so jealous of that. I'll be the first <laughs> to say it. Like at my nine to five, I get so anxious because I'm such a self-starter and like a hard worker that if my like, Teams app says that I'm away from my computer for like 15 minutes at lunch, I'm like, oh gosh, I hope like my coworkers don't think I'm not working. Like because I'm, I am, I get all my work done. I work hard, but I, I just wish I didn't have like eyes on me all the time. You know, it sounds like horrible. <laughs> no, but I totally, true. I agree. totally, I like, I'm so jealous of that because if you get it done, you get it done, then be done at three. Right. Like and yeah. the work day is done. I think that it's just so different because some people just, they don't like mornings and they want to be a night owl. And I think that no matter what time of the day it is, I don't think that that should really be the criteria for when your work gets done. Like I'm an early riser. I love to get up like before the sun. I get up at five and go to a workout class at six every day. Like that's just how I love Man, to start can- off my mornings. And I know, I know I saw your face and you're can like, Can you drag me with you? Because I that's one of my New Year's resolutions. We'll see if it happens. I seriously will. I swear to you that I really think that that helps with my productivity is getting up early. I think that it just starts your day completely different, but I am just a morning person. Like that's what I prefer. So I get up and if I want to start working by seven, then I start working by seven. There's no timeline saying that I can't be answering emails or packaging up packages at seven 30 in the morning, you know, like it doesn't have to start at nine. And if I want to get all of my work done early to go and like hop on my longboard with a friend or like go walk my dog than I can because all of my work yeah. is done. Can you walk us through what a day in the life looks like for homework? If it was like quote unquote market week or if you were going to see um, stuff to be part of your wholesale buy in addition to like shipping out orders or answering emails, whatever the day includes. Yeah, absolutely. So I will say that I think the part that I honestly love the most in addition to the flexible schedule, is that really no two days are the same, which I really like. I am so stuck in a routine most days and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just feel like my brain works better when I'm switching things up and I'm moving around and things are different. So I love that. But starting off my day, I always get up and I go and work out, come home and have my coffee and then immediately get on my computer for the day whether that's answering emails or seeing what orders came in from the night before or just like checking on Instagram and the DMs that came through. I always try and start my morning on my computer or my phone and just kind of planning out my day. What am I going to post today? Who do I need to contact through DMs? Anything like that. Um, Because I feel like once I set up my day and I write out a to-do list of what needs to get done, it's so much easier for me just to stare at the to-do list cross everything off and go all the way down. I think I'm just so much more productive when I have a list and I'm like, okay, this is my top priorities for the day, my top priorities for the week. And then you can kind of see like, if it doesn't get done today, there's a few things that, oh, it's totally fine. And then there's some things that it's like, that needs to be done by noon. And I really like Mm -hmm. being able to kind of see it all written out. And then, so I'll usually start by that. And then the first thing that I usually do when I come down, so I have my home office and my downstairs And I have all of my inventory, packaging supplies, anything like that. So I'll come down, 
print off orders and start packaging everything up. And then I usually will sit down on my computer and like for real start work. I would say that majority of the days I would spend about an hour or two going through wholesale sites right now. There are not as many markets as there used to be. So I do a lot of our ordering online just for also I'm a one man show, so I can't travel to every market. So I do love the flexibility of being able to look at stuff online. It's been so nice for me. But on the downside to being online and not being able to see it in person, it takes so long to go through. Like, let's just say I'm on a wholesale site for fashion. Like if I wanted to find a really, really sick, like leather blazer, I could type in leather blazer and there would be 19,000 results that come up. So I have to go through and just look like, does it fit my brand? Is it something that my consumers would wear? What size run does it get? When would it ship out? So those are things that I just feel like take so long, but I totally enjoy it. I just get lost in it. Like I'll start at like 830 in the morning and then I'll pick up my phone and it'll say like noon. And I'm like, what in the world? Like how did I spend four hours looking at that kind of stuff? Um, And I feel like it would be harder to tell versus in-person market, like the quality of it or how it fits exactly despite the size run. I don't know. It just would be more challenging. I could see myself getting like clicking. (laughs) Like has something ever come in and it looks completely different or like can you – I don't know. I'm probably getting ahead of myself here. But like can you order – do you normally order just – one of everything first to see if you like it before ordering, you know, a massive quantity (laughs) to actually sell. So we usually order anywhere from like one to two packs of items. We don't have like a huge following and I never want to over order and just be sitting on inventory and it be like dead stock. So I try to order really small quantities because originally my thought process was if there's only one of everything, it's very exclusive. Like I love knowing that, oh my gosh, I bought something from a boutique I'm probably only like one of five or six people that's going to have it. I'm not going to go out to the bar on Saturday and see the next 13 people that are my age wearing the same thing. I, that's just one thing that I love about fashion. Like I like to have something that not everyone else is going to have. And that's something that I really strive to bring for homework. I want it to be something that not everyone is going to have. Unfortunately, like it might be so cool and you might really like it, but not everyone is going to get the chance to have it only because I love the feeling of being like, dang, you know, like I'm one of only a few people that's going to have this piece. It really makes you want it. It makes you just feel so special being like, man, I'm one of the only people that have it. And you also just feel better when you go out and you're not like looking over your shoulder like, hmm, who wore it best? You know what I mean? So you normally order how many, how many units do you normally order now? It depends on what it is. For the most part, we order one pack, which typically would come three, two, one, small, medium, large or 222 small, medium, large. We've had a huge amount of people asking for both extra small and extra large, which I think is something that a lot of retail companies just don't do. One, it's very hard to find a lot of companies that either go down to an extra small or go down or go up to an extra large. And it's not that companies don't want to carry them. I feel like a lot of times a lot of retail companies will get a bad rap for being like, oh, you know, they only carry like small sizes or they, they only go up to this size. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who don't see the back end of it just think it's like because they don't want to. They don't want to cater to a different market to either a smaller or a larger market. And that's not the case. There just aren't even that many companies that choose to make those sizes, which makes it really difficult. Like one of my really good friends is tiny and not because 
of any reason. She's just a small girl. She's short and she's really thin and she has to wear an extra small. And a lot of brands just don't even carry an extra small. And it's super hard because I know she would love the pieces. Like they're totally her vibe and her style, but we just don't even get a size that's small enough for her. So that's definitely one of my 2021 goals too, is to be able to bring more sizes for homework. Um, but back to your original question, I do usually get one pack of things except for graphic tees. Our graphic tees are like one of our biggest sellers. So I usually order about two or three packs. Awesome. Of those ones. I know that's fun. There was like this one jacket that I was obsessed with. And then I remember I, I messaged I you about it and I was like, one. is it still there? Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, I'm like out of them. And I'm like, are you ordering it again? So you decide not to order <laughs> anything again just for like yeah so for the most part I try and only order it one time it comes in for one launch I curate each launch to be like a really cohesive collection and once it's gone it's gone um there's a few items that we've reordered over time I think maybe like two or three items that we've chosen to reorder just because we have had such an influx of people being like I have to have that I have to have this size and when we can kind of gauge that if we do reorder we'll for sure sell out we will reorder something like that. But for the most part, we just do one round. It's like an exclusive launch of a collection and then it's gone. So how do you market Mm -hmm. your products? Is it via social media, word of mouth? And then can you kind of dive into like the social media and like how the following and the interaction with customers, how it's really helped grow your brand? So I honestly would say that when I was like first about to launch, The two weeks leading up to my launch, I feel like it was all word of mouth. I will 1000% say that the phrase like whoever you surround yourself with is like your tribe, your people, your vibe. That is 1000% true. When you go to do something like this, and I'm sure you guys maybe have had the same kind of feeling starting this podcast. There's people who you thought were your like best friend. And if they don't support you on what is so important to you, that's not who you need to surround yourself with. And I totally narrowed down my friend group whenever I left my last job and decided to do this. And the people that choose to stay with you and help you and do everything for you and with you in that time are your true friends. And they are the ones who will spread the word about you the most. Like I would be up all night, like working on website stuff or packaging orders or planning out a photo shoot. And I would have texts from all of my close friends being like, hey, want me to bring over a bottle of wine and help you come pack up orders? Like those are the people you need to surround yourself with. And those are the people that also talk about you. Like Caroline, who you work with, who's one of my good friends. I could literally not say enough good things about her. She is one of those people that you could be in a room full of opportunities and she will say your name first. And she'll be like, hey, I have these seven friends that all do something really cool and I want to tell you about them. And that is, I think, how we got such a good following coming off is because all of my friends would be like, hey, listen, um, this is my friend Annabelle, and this is what she just started, and you guys should all go follow it. And I think word of mouth is huge these days. That's like how everything spreads. And social media 1,000% helps, but word of mouth, when you can hear it directly from someone and you can hear like the intention behind what they're saying and like how they feel about it. Like you can just tell when someone talks about it, like the way that you guys talk about your podcast, you're so passionate about it and you're so excited about it and people can hear that and then they get excited about it. However you feel about those kind of things totally rubs off. It's so true. Like even if a friend recommends like some brand to me, I'm more likely to go to the website and check it out because my friend loves it. You know, that's 1000. So that definitely helps. I think that that's the biggest Um, thing. 
Do you think, like, is your following right now and people who buy from you a lot, is a lot of your shipping more local or is it really, like, starting to spread out beyond North So Carolina? whenever we first launched in October, I would probably say, like, 90% were Charlotte or, like, North Carolina people. And then the other 10% were maybe, like, Charleston, where I went to school, or Wilmington, where I have some friends, or, like, some a few, like, random places. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's actually been so crazy as we've launched. I would honestly say it's, like, maybe 60% North Carolina and then everything else is spread out. The last few launches, we have the option on the back end of our site to see a live view of where people are logging in from. And we've had California, Washington, Kansas, Texas, Georgia, like we've had all over and I could not name you one person who lives in Kansas. (laughs) So it's definitely spreading, whether it's word of mouth, like a friend of a friend, or they have seen us on the explore page on Instagram or someone has, tagged them in a giveaway you never know but I definitely think it's spreading and we have a long way to go to be able to reach way more people that I would love to but we're definitely growing outside of North Carolina which is super cool that must be so cool to see like an order come in like my other friend Emma who owns like a dog collar company she was like I got my first order in Hawaii and it was crazy it was like a few months ago and she was like I don't even know how it got it was like spread to Hawaii like you know my company but it must be so cool to see that so cool it really is and I think that it takes it to a whole new level because you know when you see an order come in through a friend obviously you love it you're like oh my gosh my friend supports me great but it's a friend you know half the time they're buying because they really support you as a person And so whenever you get orders from people that you don't know or states you've never heard of, you're like, wow, this person like really believes in my brand and what I'm selling. And I think that that makes a huge difference too. As a one man show, you're running your social media also then. What has that been like, like to have to learn kind of the back end of social media as well? I would say the one thing that really helped me for this was my last job for the most part was social media marketing. So I ran the Instagram for Vestique, which was awesome. And it was a ton of work and it was around the clock, but it really did give me a lot of skills to kind of prepare me for this. So it wasn't something that I was super unfamiliar with. I was able to kind of just take everything that I did there and be able to use the same techniques and tactics. And obviously I like to do things my own way as opposed to to underneath a company. So it's been nice to just have my own say on like when I post and what I post and what kind of content I post and how I edit it. And I really love that I am able to make my entire feed like my aesthetic and what I post is music I want to use or things that I personally love because my brand is a reflection of myself. And I love being able to have the creativity over it too. Mm-hmm. So what are For three sure. skills that you have that you think are needed to be an entrepreneur, you know, branch out on your own and start your own company? Oh, man, I feel like there's a lot of skills that I have and also a lot of skills that I want to have that I really strive for, too. I will say the one thing that I mainly would say is that I am very disciplined. My parents have always raised me, you know, like if you're, if you're going to put your word out there and say you're going to do something, you got to do it. And I feel like because this is my company, like my word is out there and everything is on me. And I think that I have always taken that super personally. Like this brand is Annabelle Johnson's brand. So if something goes wrong or if something's not shipped out, like that's a reflection of me as a person. And I think you have to be so disciplined to know that you really have to work hard at it and you have to be able to put things to the side, 
put your opinions to the side, put your thoughts to the side on like a bad customer or like a timing that you might not want to be working on or anything like that. And I feel like that has been one of my main things to be disciplined enough to know, like, you're not just like doing this for fun. You know, this is your livelihood now and this is your job and this is what you chose to do. And you're disciplined enough. Like you get home from your workout class and you start work. Like you don't just get to like go and watch last night's Grey's Anatomy. You know what I mean? Like you start work because this is what you wanted to do and this is what you chose to do. And I think that that is probably the main thing out of all the skills. I also think that like time management is a huge thing along with me really loving to have a flexible schedule. I also have to know like, hey, if I want to go and take my dog for a walk at noon, I might have to work an extra hour or two tonight to make up for that. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that because your work really can be done at any time of the day unless it's time sensitive. But you really have to be like, you're not just going to like take off just because you own your own company. I think a lot of people have that misconception where like, maybe I just like, I don't know, have fun the rest of the afternoon because I'm not working a typical nine to five job, but that's not the case. And even when I'm watching TV at nighttime, you know, I'm doing stuff on my computer or I'm creating email campaigns or I'm scheduling out content on Instagram. It really is a grind and you have to have the time management skills for it. You can't just be like going around for fun. Time management and discipline definitely are 1000%. I think also a huge thing is you really and I don't this isn't like a skill or a trade or anything, but you really have to be passionate about what you do. I think that that is a main thing that I got caught up in in like previous jobs, not even just my last one, but all jobs, I just feel like I would lose passion for it. And I just couldn't figure out like who I was in the job. And you have to be if you want to put a thousand percent of your work effort into something, you have to be passionate about it. And some people around you might be like, eh, like, I don't know if that's a great idea, but if you're passionate about it and you could sit at a table and talk about it for two hours long, that is going to be what drives your business. It's going to what be what makes people believe in your business, buy from your business. I think mm-hmm. that's a huge thing. And especially as an entrepreneur, or if anyone listening wants to start their own business, don't do something just because it might make you money. Do something because it's genuinely what you're passionate about, what you're excited about, what you see yourself doing, what you've always dreamed of as a little kid, because that is going to be a make it or break it for a business. Yes, I completely agree. I think like what we were saying the other day, like if someone is doing something just for the money, um, it could be good for for the time being. But like down the road, five years, you're going to lose a passion. You're not going to have any drive. And, um, you know, I feel like, the money always follows where the passion is. So that's so I totally yeah. agree with that. So can you describe homework in like three words? <laughs> if you could only use three words. Oh my gosh. I feel like this is so hard to do because I feel like when I was coming up with homework, there could have been like a hundred words that I wanted to use to describe it, to describe the aesthetic, to describe how I wanted people to feel whenever they got it. I would say One is I really, really wanted it to be cohesive. I wanted between both, which it's a little bit different because homework has clothing and home decor and not a lot of companies have that. I think that it is really hard to find a balance in the cohesion. I love a simple neutral color scheme. I really like everything to kind of be something you can transition with you as you get older or as you move up in life, whether that be clothing or home. And I think the cohesion is what makes people buy multiple pieces and return for more is because they're like, oh, from the first drop, I bought one vase. But the second drop has stuff that's so similar 
that I feel like I can come back and get something else from there because it'll also go in my home and just kind of fit that overall vibe that I'm trying to create. And I think that that's something that a lot of big companies get lost in is they just pump stuff out just to pump it out because it's on trend. But when you buy from a small business, they really do take the time to sit there and be like, wow, does the first drop go with the second drop? Do all of these pieces represent like the vibe that I'm trying to create or the brand aesthetic that I'm trying to create? And I think that's one of the main things that I had for homework was for it to be cohesive. And then I would say a second thing is I really wanted it to be unique. I didn't want it to be something that you could find at every other retail store in Charlotte or anything like that. I feel like Charlotte also lacks a lot of affordable home decor stores, especially for girls that are like our age or just out of college. You have like West Elm and you don't want to go in there and spend like $120 for a vase, even though it's so pretty. You just that's not in your budget right now. And I really wanted to be able to bring pieces for girls our age that felt like they could really create that home of their dreams or their Pinterest boards and just bring it to life without having to feel like they have to like ask their mom and dad for money or, you know, break the bank and save up like $10 from every paycheck to be able to find something. Um, I feel like that's definitely a really big thing about it. Yeah. I want to say something about you saying cohesiveness is such a big part about homework because I feel like what you were mentioning about big companies like chasing the next trend I've come to this realization that there's such a big difference between small businesses and large companies in the terms of small businesses really know who their shopper is and who their girl is and what their girl wants and I feel like big businesses as of late with social media and everything are chasing the it girl, whatever she is, whoever she is, who she's always changing. So if you don't know who you are and you're constantly trying to make a trend for her to wear it, then she's not going to be as interested. Whereas like your girl is so loyal and knows what she wants and you always give that to her, which is why I 1000% agree with that. I think that that just really is you hit the nail on the head with the difference between small and large businesses. And I really do strive to have repeat customers. And I love being able to communicate with my repeat customers. Like I'll have girls who will DM me on Instagram and be like, Hey, I came to your pop-up a few months ago. And then I just placed an order. Just wanted to say like, thank you so much. Like I love your stuff. And those kind of messages are what drive small businesses. So anyone who's listening and really is wondering like how to make a small business owner's day, (laughs) send them a DM if you love their stuff. I'm being so serious, not just me, but any small business. Like a bunch of my friends have small businesses And you might think that they know that you support them and you love them, but getting a DM or getting an email or getting just a response back to your order place makes their day. I ordered from one of my friend's small businesses the other day, and she took the time out of her day to like write me a note and drop it off. And I feel like that is what really makes the difference when you know your customers on like such a personal basis like that. And that's what keeps them coming back. And that's the difference between a small business and a large business. And it's like you have the ability to put in that like extra touch for the customers because I feel like, you know, larger companies like Marc Jacobs, you know, can't send a thank you note to every person who orders. But, you know, working at um, the interior design firm I'm at now, like we're very big on that. Like we write thank you notes to any client we meet. And I feel like it's just like, that extra touch of like going the extra mile, people remember you. And so I totally yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. Annabelle, where do you see yourself in five years? And where do you see homework? Oh my gosh. In okay. Five I'll years? start with business wise first. For homework, my ultimate goal is to be able to have a storefront 
I have been saying this since I was like maybe 17 years old. I've always had this huge dream. And I've, I mean, my parents and my brother are probably so sick of hearing me say this, but I have this huge dream to get this like super sick warehouse space and to have half of it be homework and half of it be a coffee shop. And I really just want to create that community that I feel like homework brings to the customers. I want to be able to bring it to everyone. I want to have a space where people feel like they can come and grab a cup of coffee with their husband on the weekend and come and do some shopping as well. I feel like it's a very West Coast vibe. And there's a ton of places I love in California that do very similar concepts. And I really just want to have that community space. Like I was saying about working in a brick and mortar, I love the customers. I love the people coming in and the conversations and the community of it. And I feel like a coffee shop does that 1000% and being able to combine the two, being able to have a space where people can come and work and shop and just hang out and feel like they're at home and be able to get something for themselves, treat themselves to a new piece for their home. I feel like that is hands down where I want to be in 10 in five years and maybe it'll happen and maybe it won't. And maybe my goals will change. But as of right now, that's definitely been my main one for homework. I really do feel like we do a lot of pop-ups for homework and I love being able to talk to my people in person and tell them like what I love about the products. I work really hard to source products that I like the people that they're coming from and what they do for them and being able to say, oh, this candle was handmade by a woman-owned shop in LA and it's French vanilla scented. Like being able to hear that would make me be like, oh, great, 1000%, I'll do it. But if you just see a candle online, you're like, oh, you know, like it's a candle. I could probably get that at Target. But I love being able to really give detail behind what I choose and why I choose it. And I think having a storefront would be able to do that. Yeah, and I feel like Um, right now, at least working in fashion, so many of my friends have been, asking me and starting the conversation about where's retail going after this because we hate shopping and masks in a store and Mm -hmm. I think I've been saying this I think retail will always exist I just think it's going to continually change and I think a big big piece of that will be an experience I prefer shopping online if I get to try it on in my house but I prefer going to the real real in downtown Chicago because I can go to the coffee lounge upstairs and see the stocks around like on the TVs. It's such a cool experience to go and take Instagrams and hang out with people. So I think that goal is such an awesome forward thinking way of doing brick and mortar. Yeah, that is totally what I would love to do. I think that homework is very unique and special in the fact that there aren't that many places that do both home and clothing, because it honestly is very hard. There's some weeks that clothing does way better than home and home does way better than clothing. And it's not a niche market. They always say to go for a niche market and know exactly who your consumer is and exactly what you're going to sell. And don't try and do too many things at once. But I think that what makes homework really unique is that it is kind of doing things all at once, but it's going to the same consumer. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where people go off on tangents where they're like, oh, well, I want to do this, this and this. And they're all marketed to different people, but I want it to be underneath the same company. And that's just never going to work. Homework has one specific clientele. We just have found a way to get products for both your home and yourself that are cohesive and that do the job for both things and just kind of go for the same person. Okay. So yourself in five years. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, listen, if we have any male listeners, (laughs) single and ready to mingle. (laughs) We don't don't really have that many male listeners. I would love to be. (laughs) In five years, hopefully I am 
settled down. I am probably still going to be in Charlotte. I really do love Charlotte. I grew up here. You're from Connecticut. Hopefully we can travel again. I'm originally from Connecticut. That is true. I'm a northern girl at heart. You would never know by the way that I say y'all and I wear about 37 layers on a 40 degree day. But I am originally from up north. Probably don't have any plans to go back there. But I love being in the South. I like being in Charlotte. You know, I have a ton of friends here still. And I've got such a great, solid group of girlfriends. I really don't have any plans to leave. I would eventually love to travel more. I really love my brother and I go on a bunch of trips out to national parks. And we love to hike and explore new cities. And hopefully COVID kind of slows down a little bit and we can get back to traveling. Um, But I really don't see myself leaving Charlotte. I really like it here. And I think that I've got a great group of friends and also a great clientele for my business. And even though it's at home and people don't always know that it is in Charlotte, when we do our pop-ups, I think that we have got a really great audience and I would obviously love to share it with more cities, but I think Charlotte will always be our home base. Well, if you ever want to do a pop-up in New York, I will help you because I would think that's so much fun. (laughs) That'd be so fun. Listen, don't ever rule it out because maybe I I know it would be a blast. You'd have to come up to New York sometime, but no, yeah, I love, and I feel like it's really like who you surround yourself with and your friend group. It it's everything. So that's awesome. It really is. Where can our listeners follow you and homework? So first going to plug the business because I think that a lot of your followers would really love homework and we always are dropping new stuff for both home and clothing. So you can find us on Instagram at shop.homework with a U. So it's H-O-M-E-W-U-R-K. And then you can find us at www.shophomework.com. And then personally, you can find me at Annabelle underscore Johnson. It's A-N-N-A-B-E-L-L-E underscore Johnson on Yay. Instagram. Yes. Thank you so much. Annabelle, thank you. This was so fun. I'm so glad I got to talk to y'all. This yes. Was Thanks for listening to this episode. To keep up with what's happening on our podcast, follow Raw and Real NYC on Instagram. We post inspo and love showing you what's going on in our lives. Till next time, keep it real.